Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight will be study number 24 of Revelation chapter 1. And we're continuing to look into verse 7, which says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so Amen. And we spent some time looking at the clouds, and we saw how that identifies with with um, the Word of God itself. And the Lord coming in the clouds is uh, telling us that in the day of judgment, Christ will be revealed in the Scriptures, coming as judge of the earth. And the true believers will see this coming as it is revealed in the Bible. And we we know it's the believers, because it's the true believers who will be looking in the Bible for right understanding, for God to um, continue to reveal the mystery of the gospel. And the, the believers will see Christ there. It continues in Revelation 1, verse 7, And every eye shall see him. And we also discussed this, and we saw how since I is singular, this identifies likewise with the elect, the true believer. In Mark uh, chapter 9 and the latter verses of that chapter, uh, God plainly states that uh, if your eye offend you, pluck it out, it's better to enter into the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell or the grave, which would relate to death and to die in penalty for the wages of sin. So every eye, singular, shall see the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, the true believers will see him coming in the clouds in the scriptures as God opens our understanding and enlightens our minds in that way to see these things spiritually in the Bible. Well, now tonight, we want to continue with the next phrase, and they also which pierced him. You know, this verse is not an easy verse. It's very difficult. And this phrase also, or this part of the verse, they also which pierced him is especially difficult. Uh, When we think of Jesus being pierced, we think of the nails that were driven into his hands and his feet. And the Bible does say that, that he was nailed to the cross. Now, we don't read that in the gospel accounts. It just says they crucified him. But in Colossians chapter 2, in verse 14, it says... Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And there is the word nail. And Christ um, took uh, our sins upon him and had them nailed to the cross. Now, first of all, we have to keep in mind that since this would be indicating that um, our sins were nailed to his cross, that this would be language 
that relates to bearing sin and would have application before the foundation of the world. Now, before the foundation of the world, there was no cross, there was no nails, and there were no people to nail Jesus to the cross. But God is using this language to teach spiritual truth. And, for instance, Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. But there was no lambs either. God just uses that language to indicate the spiritual truth that he was the sacrifice for the sins of his people. And likewise with all these other phrases. Well, also regarding nailing Christ to the cross, we read in the Gospel of John in chapter 20. I'll read a few verses beginning in verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And here Thomas uh, we get that phrase that doubting Thomas, he would not believe unless he could see it with his eyes. And he speaks for a great many people. But Thomas wanted to see the print of the nails and, and put his hand into the print of the nails. Now, the, the word print is the, the word pattern, uh, translated sometimes as pattern, the form of the nails. But here... Clearly, we find that Christ was nailed to the cross. And these nails did cause um, the Lord Jesus to to have holes uh, in his hands and in his side, as it says, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. Of course, Christ wasn't nailed in his side. The hole in his side came from a, pe- a spear thrust by a Roman soldier. But we, we don't read that Thomas wants to put his hand into his feet, into the print of the nails in Christ's feet. But uh, we, we do find the hands and the side in view. Now, see, the problem is that... We know that Jesus was nailed to the cross, and we know that the nails would have pierced him from our understanding of that word. Yet the Bible nowhere connects the nailing of Christ to the cross with piercing him, as we read in John 19. And as our verse states in Revelation 1, verse 7, and they also which pierced him the implication is we'll see him and if it's referring to christ uh, being nailed to the cross well uh, i can't find the verse 
that indicates this, that uses that kind of language. It speaks of nailing him to the cross or just Jesus on the cross, but not piercing him in in putting him up on the cross. Well, hold it. Uh, I'm sure more than one of you are thinking, what about Psalm 22? How can you say that when we have this verse in Psalm 22? And clearly Psalm 22 is a messianic psalm that is detailing many of the things that Jesus experienced on the cross. And it says in verse 16, For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked having closed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. And there it is, clearly, obviously. Why did you not um, see this? Why are you saying the Bible does not connect Christ being nailed to the cross with being pierced? It, it does so right here in this verse. Well, yes, it does in our English language Bible. However, we have to look at the Hebrew and the Greek. We have to look at the original languages before we can make that connection. And the problem is that the word pierced in Psalm 22, verse 16, is not translated anywhere else as pierced. There is another word used in the Old Testament that we'll look at in a little bit, and it's not this word. This is a word, the Hebrew word that's used here, that is found, by my count, 78 times in the Old Testament. So it, it's widely used in the Old Testament. And in 77 of those places, it is translated almost um, exactly alike. It is the word lion or lions. And 77 times this word is translated as lion or some form of lion. It is found, for instance, twice in this same psalm, in Psalm 22, in verse 13, where it says, They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. That's Strong's number 738. And it's the identical number to pierced. It's the same Hebrew word as pierced in verse 16. We also see a little further down in verse 21 of Psalm 22. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. And again, 738 in Strong's Concordance. It's the same Hebrew word. And if you look up this word anywhere in the Old Testament, outside of Psalm 22, verse 16, if you go search this word out in any other chapter, any other book, any other chapter, any other verse in the Old Testament, 77 times it's going to be the word lion. And only here is it translated as pierced. And we we can understand the dilemma that the translators face. They saw this word. They were wise men. The King James translators especially did an excellent job 
in translating the Bible into our English language. But you see, when they came to this verse, it, it literally should read, They, like a lion, my hands and my feet. That is the literal reading of Psalm 22, verse 16. And of course, we naturally ask the question in our minds when we read that, they like a lion, what? What did they do like a lion? And we think of lions, they devour, they pierce with their teeth. Now, the translators also knew that this was a messianic psalm. There's much evidence of that in this, in Psalm 22. And they knew what happened to Jesus. They knew that he was crucified, that uh, he was nailed to the cross. And so, in taking that information, they changed the word lion to pierced. And they did this without biblical authority. I'm, I'm sorry to say, they pierce my hands and my feet. Where it should read, they like a lion, my hands and my feet. Now, that, that raises questions. That makes us wonder why God said it that way. But that's a question for another time. That we, we can only look at the literal translation. And now, you see, there, there is no connection here between the crucifixion of Christ and the word pierced. Now, when we go to John 19... Let's read this passage, beginning in verse 34. It says, But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bare record, and his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And that's referring to the earlier verses where they came to the three individuals on the cross, including the Lord, and they broke the legs of the ones on either side of him, but they did not break Christ's legs because he was dead already. And instead, a soldier with his spear pierced his side. And the fact that Jesus' bones were not broken fulfilled the scripture. And then in verse 37, and again, Another scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they pierced. So now we we have direction. God is telling us there's a scripture, and this would be in the Old Testament, that states they shall look on him whom they pierced. And this should help us in identifying, well, which piercing is in view? Is it? The nailing to the cross? Is it the soldier with his spear? Is it both together? And and we'll find, as we turn back to the book of Zechariah, in chapter 12, I think the answer. In Zechariah chapter 12, it says, beginning in verse 9, and I'll, I'll read verses 9 and 10 of Zechariah 12. And it shall come to pass in that day, that I will seek to destroy all the nations that came against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. 
And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Now these verses are helpful to us in a couple of ways. One, we're trying to understand who it is that is in view by the reference to they. They, again in John 19.37, the, the quote is, and again another scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they pierced. And the word here, the Greek word, is ekentio, and it's only found one other place. It's 1574 in our Greek Strong's Concordance, and it's only found in Revelation 1, verse 7, which is our verse we're looking at. And they also which pierced him. But let me back up. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. So the what's being implied is they will see him, the ones who pierced him. And that's very similar to John 19.37. They shall look on him whom they pierced. And this quote is from Zechariah 12. It cannot be quoting Psalm 22 because Psalm 22 does not use the word pierced. It also does not use the language of looking upon him. Only Zechariah 12 Verse 10 uses a word that is properly translated as pierced. And um, Zechariah 12 is also speaking of, of those that look upon him. They shall look upon me whom they have pierced. So we have the right verse. Now, what's helpful in this verse is God says, And I will pour upon the house of David. And David is another name for Christ. And upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, David's city was Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, heavenly Jerusalem, typifies the body of believers. The spirit of grace. Now, we really wouldn't know if that Jerusalem was heavenly or earthly, the corporate church, except by this added statement that God will pour upon them the spirit of grace. And what does the Bible say? We're saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. So this is referring to the true believers. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Now, let's just look at one more thing here. And that is this Hebrew word, pierced in Zechariah 12 verse 10. Uh, Once we look at this, we'll understand that the quote in John 19 is speaking of the Roman soldier. Well, actually, it's referring to the believers, but if it can identify with anything, it would be the Roman soldier that pierced Christ's side with a spear. And why do we say that? Because this word pierced 
Strong's 1856 is found 11 times in the Old Testament. And 8 times it is translated as thrust through. It's the word in Zechariah 13 in verse 3 towards the end of the verse. Um, well, I'll start in the middle. Thou shalt not live, for thou speakest lies in the name of Jehovah. And his father and his mother that begat him shall thrust him through when he prophesieth. That's the same word, pierced. Now, in First Samuel chapter 31, in verse 4, and this is also found in Chronicles in a parallel passage, it says in 1 Samuel 31, 4, Then said Saul unto his armor-bearer, Draw thy sword, and thrust me through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he was sore afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon it. Twice in this verse, the English thrust me through as a translation of the Hebrew word that is translated as pierced. And this would be referring to a sword thrust into Saul. It's also found in a parallel passage in Chronicles that, that describes the very same thing. In Numbers chapter 25, Numbers 25 we find that Phineas, a priest, rose up with a javelin. It, it says in verse 7, I'll, I'll just read it, in Numbers 25, 7, And when Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman threw her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. And that is the same word. Thrust them through. And here, significantly, it is with a javelin, which would be very similar to a spear that the Roman soldier used. Eight out of the eleven times, this word is translated as thrust through. And it's pointing to a spear thrust or javelin or a sword thrust of some kind. Now, in the three other places, well, one is pierced in Zechariah 12.10. That's the ninth place. One other time it's translated as wounded, and, and you would get a wound if you were thrust through. And one last time as stricken through, pointing to someone suffering from famine or hunger. And those are the 11 places this Hebrew word is found in the Old Testament. And it would identify only with something like a spear thrust or a sword thrust. And not, it has no relationship that I could see with a nailing to the cross. And the Old Testament uses the word nail in Isaiah 22 in a messianic reference to Christ, and it does not use that word. So, in other words, to to just summarize it, we can understand things this way in John 19, verse 37. And again, another scripture saith, 
they shall look on him whom they pierced. Now, this is a a different Greek word than verse 34, when the soldier took his spear and pierced his side. But uh, that is the Greek word nuso, and, and verse 37 is ekento. And I think God did this, gave two different Greek words, but gave us the quote so we would know. Yes, he's referring to a spear thrust, but so that we would not settle on the uh, physical, literal spear thrust of the Roman soldier in John 19.34 as the answer to the fulfillment of the scripture. But that Christ was thrust through or pierced for the sake of his people, he was punished by the wrath of God before the foundation of the world. He came to demonstrate what he had done, and they shall look on him whom they pierced. The ones who are of the house of David, of the city of Jerusalem, the Jerusalem above, the ones upon whom the Lord has poured out the spirit of his grace. And it it would indicate that the ones in Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, that they also which pierced him, that is, they will see him, is again a reference to the elect, to the true believers. It, it uh, does not identify that I can see with the unbeliever at all. And then the verse finishes up in Revelation 1, verse 7, And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. When we get together in our next Bible study, we'll take a, a look at the last phrase of this verse, and we'll follow these words, just as we've been following the other words. And and God can really pack a great deal of information into one single verse. We We can be kept busy for quite some time just searching the scriptures, uh, following the words that God has given us in order to allow him to define his terms and to make known to us if it's his good pleasure to do so, what he is saying to us through his word, the Bible.